A proposal to legalize recreational marijuana in Illinois sparked some critical questioning in a state Senate committee this week. Some people are pushing to have betting windows at places like Wrigley Field and the United Center. And new laws in other states that would virtually ban abortion prompted abortion rights advocates in Illinois to push hard for a law that would go in the opposite direction. All that coming up in our roundtable discussion in this installment of Capital Cast, a regular podcast from Capital News Illinois. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast. I'm Peter Hancock. Governor J.B. Pritzker and many state lawmakers are banking on revenue from legalized recreational marijuana to help pull the state out of its financial hole. But for many supporters, the idea is about a lot more than just money. Some are seeing it as a social justice and equity issue. They want to make sure that people living in communities that they say have been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs not only get to participate in the new industry, but also have a share of the revenue invested in their neighborhoods. And they want people with criminal conviction records for minor possession violations to have their records expunged. The bill is 533 pages long, and it was the subject of a three-hour-long Senate committee hearing this week. Capital News Illinois reporter Jerry Nowicki was at that hearing. Jerry, boil it down for us, if you can boil down a three-hour hearing into just a few key points. How much momentum do you think this thing has, and what kind of obstacles are standing in the way? It's really quite fascinating because Senator Jason Barrickman, a Republican from Bloomington, he had uh, many of the questions about the expungement process, but he also said he wanted to eventually come to a compromise to support the bill. So you got Republicans who want to get on board with it. I'm hearing some Democrats might be a little bit leery of voting for it, but when it comes to expungement, the most efficient way to accomplish that is having the legislature expunge the records of every person with uh, certain possession crimes. What are we talking there, about 800,000 people? Is that That's a number that's been floated about. I don't know if anyone knows exactly how many it will be. And is there a question about whether or not the legislature has constitutional authority to do that? Some have questioned that. Um, they seemed at the committee to believe that they would have that authority. <clears throat> but another question is uh, about how many grams uh, would be, how many grams an something someone has been convicted of what they could be expunged for and they right now the proposal would expunge people uh, that were in prison or have records for possession possessing 500 grams uh, which is more than they're allowed to possess in the bill which is 30 grams yeah the bill would allow you to have 30 grams it would also allow you to grow plants in your own home uh, but they would expunge records of people going back uh, Indefinitely. Indefinitely with as much as 500 grams. Um, seems like a lot. Uh, it also, se- there, I think there was a question raised about the fact that for people under the age of 21, um, it would still be illegal to have or use marijuana. But people with criminal convictions fr- from the time they were 18, 19, 20, uh, they would still get their records expunged. Right. So that was a question Senator Mulrow from Chicago uh, brought up. He said a 19-year-old with 20 grams is still committing a crime under the new legislation, but that same 19-year-old could turn around and get their record expunged, per the language. Okay. And what about where the money goes? Uh, I mean, that's a lot of this bill has to do with where the revenue would go and who would get the licenses. Um, are they trying to do too much with this bill? 
there's a lot to it um, and a lot of separate provisions that uh, people have some problems with. And the, Governor Pritzker was reliant on $170 million from this bill in his budget. And I think Senator Staines, Heather Staines from Chicago said it's only going to bring in about $56 million in the first year, $140 million in year two, and then a fully matured uh, program would bring in about $500 million a year. And at the same time, though, it would still be illegal at the federal level. Uh, there was a separate bill moving through at one point dealing with the banking industry so that they would at least come out from under uh, state banking restrictions about dealing with marijuana. Uh, but most banks are still insured by the FDIC, and, of course, they have to follow FDIC rules. Uh, how have other states handled this? In other states, uh, I'm not sure how many there are, but all of them except one, I forget which one it is, uh, have been compelled to pass a legalization of marijuana by voter referendum. Uh, I think only one did it with, through the legislature. So they've all uh, worked pretty quickly, and I know uh, just from news reports that there's really no uh, easy, simple way for handling the money. A lot of it's in cash and vaults in some places. So we're likely to see this move uh, out of committee or at least come up in a, for a committee vote this coming week? Is that what we think? Yeah, uh, it certainly sounds like there's going to be uh, some amendments, especially to the expungement language, uh, if they want to get Republican support. And you'll be watching that in the coming week. Let's turn now to Grant Morgan. Grant, you've been following the issue of sports betting and other kinds of betting. A new proposal came up this week, uh, or at least there was a lot of discussion about it this week, about having betting windows at the actual sports arenas, which a lot of people would not be familiar with, uh, something we don't often see in America. Where's this going, and what's the idea here? Sure. The idea isn't new. Um, there are just so many provisions in these gambling bills and sports betting bills that often you could pluck one thing out uh, and make an entire news story out of that. So there are three of the seven plans right now that have these provisions which would allow ga uh, sports betting, um, parlors, lounges, whatever you want to call them, to be set up within or within five blocks of these big pro uh, teams' facilities. Now, a lot of people like to take their families out to baseball games, to football games, basketball games. Is there going to be any pushback from the public, do you think, about having you know, open gambling you know, right there where you're taking your kids? It's a really good question. I'm not actually sure of that. And uh, so I assume since the teams and the leagues control what goes on inside the, their own parks, uh, I would assume that the teams and the leagues would be getting a share of the revenue off of this. In one of the three uh, that would allow that betting to take place in those facilities, um, the leagues would get a 0.25% royalty on wagers in the state. However, that bill was one of the first, it was part of the first batch to be introduced a couple months ago, um, and it hasn't been talked about as recently as the two other plans that don't include a royalty. Oh, okay. Uh, but the leagues are pushing to get a cut of the action, is that right? Yes, and the other way that they might get a cut of the action uh, without the royalty for having the betting take place within the stadiums is by providing official league data to the operators who are allowing people to place the bets. And then charging them a licensing fee for that data. It would be another royalty. Uh, another royalty fee. Yeah. Okay, great. 
And so with only two weeks left in the legislative session, does it look like uh, this is going to get through, or is there just too much? Uh, is sports wagering just too complicated? So Representative Michael Zaleski is kind of leading the charge on this. Um, I talked to him, and he said, uh, I asked him about the rumor that a vote on the House floor might be up this coming week. He told me that he'd like to get it passed as soon as he get, gets enough support, so nothing clear yet. All right. Well, we'll be watching that issue in the coming week. Let's turn now to Rebecca Ansel. Rebecca, this week we saw states like Alabama and Georgia pass laws that would virtually ban abortion in, in those states. Uh, the Missouri State Senate passed a similar one, and most people think that's going to go through. All of these appear to be aimed at trying to get in front of the United States Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Illinois seems to be going in the opposite direction. It seems like the action in those states really got abortion rights supporters in Illinois activated, and they were protesting out on the state house trying to move, get a bill out of the Illinois General Assembly. What's going on there? So back in February, um, Representative Kelly Cassidy, who's a Democrat from Chicago, and um, Democrat uh, Democratic Senator Melinda Bush, um, both proposed uh, what's called the Reproductive Health Act. Um, it would essentially repeal Illinois' abortion law and replace it with what um, opponents and proponents both agree um, would be the most progressive reproductive health legislation in the country. Um, but what happened was it immediately in the Senate was just stuck in a committee. In the House, um, it was also stuck in a committee, and both of them were sitting in legislative limbo all session. Um, there was a lot of... Um, anti-abortion rallies in the state house. Uh, you know, there were um, uh, pro-abortion rallies too, but the legislation just didn't move. So when, when you know, you saw, again, as you mentioned this week, you saw action across the country in the opposite direction um, of states trying to restrict access to abortion, um, Representative Cassidy and Senator Bush, again, uh, held this rally as they called it, it was sort of like other states um, acted as sort of a wake-up call. Uh, they, they are trying to get this legislation to move out of legislative limbo in these last two weeks of session um, and get it, at least in the House, out of legislative limbo in front of another committee that could potentially get it to the floor um, next, next week. So there seems to be some concern with all these other states passing highly restrictive laws that they're trying to send a message to the Supreme Court that says, hey, the country is moving in a different direction. Is there any sense that the people and uh, the abortion rights supporters in Illinois also want to send a message to the Supreme Court to say, you know, there are people in this country who believe otherwise? Yeah. Um, Representative Cassidy and uh, Senator Bush were followed by um, about 60 women dressed in um, handmaidens costumes uh, from the TV show. From the HBO series. You know, uh, Hulu. Hulu series. Um and they both showed up kind of crying to the rally. They said, you know, it kind of it, it scared them as something of a nightmare of what could be, you know, potentially if Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, they both really, they, they thought that this was, they said they thought that this was a wake-up call. Um, and Representative Welsh chairs the executive committee. He said that he's committed to getting this bill out of legislative limbo into his committee and moving next week, so we'll see what happens. And that's Representative Emanuel Chris Welch from Hillside, outside of Chicago. So we think this might start moving, moving this coming week. 
Yeah, either in, again, committee or um, I've been told that Representative Cassidy has something up her sleeve. We'll see what option she decides to choose. But I do think it's important to note um, two years ago when former Governor Rauner had signed a law, uh, HB 40, allowing taxpayer funds to be uh, spent on abortion procedures under Medicaid, um, there was what's known as trigger language in that bill that protected HB, uh, that protected abortion procedures in this state. So should Roe v. Wade be overturned, um, abortion is still legal in Illinois. The Reproductive Health Act kind of goes a little bit further than just abortion. And so what a lot of, even people who are um, pro-abortion, pro-choice, whatever you want to call it, um, it's a it's a complicated bill. It's a heavy bill. It's not just abortion. And when people frame it like that, they're sort of missing the other aspects of it. And just real briefly, what are some of the other aspects? So just kind of the highlights, it creates uh, reproductive access to reproductive health as a fundamental right. So if you look at the federal Supreme Court, um, everything in the First Amendment, so free speech, freedom of religion, all of those are fundamental rights as well, it means that the state, the state of Illinois would not be able to infringe on a woman's, a woman's access to reproductive health. Um, it also says that a uh, fetus is not, um, does not have of legal rights, which some say might affect the criminal code. Right now, if something happens to a pregnant woman's uh, unborn child fetus. Um, Enhanced penalties for crimes that injure Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, the last thing I'm just going to highlight is um, there's current statute in the law right now that if you are a medical care provider and you do not want to participate in an abortion for whatever reason, you are protected from doing so. Under this law, three of those statutes, I believe, are going to be repealed. There's one that's going to be left, but again, if access to reproductive health care is created as a fundamental right. There's some belief among those in the legal community that if a health care provider does not want to help perform an abortion, they're impeding a woman's access to reproductive health care, and that person could be terminated from their job. So, And that could be a very fascinating uh, battle involving many Catholic and religious-affiliated hospitals. Okay, well, that's all the time we have for this week on Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. We supply news to more than 400 newspapers throughout the state of Illinois. And if you'd like to support that kind of news, think about buying a print subscription, a digital subscription, or just picking up a copy at your local newsstand. That's it for now. I'm Peter Hancock.